0: You are listening to Proudly Resents.
1: Oh, reasons. I, I can't hear you well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents.
0: The cult movie podcast. The Adam Man Show.
2: To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't test on hospitality. I don't want to it. Great. Uh, welcome to Proudly Resents, proudlyresents.com. Today, we proudly resent the 1992 movie Munchie <laughs> and starring a lot of people from the 80s, Lonnie Anderson and such. But speaking of um, people from the 80s, Mark was born around the 80s.
1: Sure. Let's say.
2: Let's say. I'm trying to make a connection. <laughs> Mark Malikoff is nice enough to be here. He's a comedian and also comedian. Uh, Frank Conniff from Mystery Science 3000 and Science Theater. I knew I'd forget to say theater.
0: That's okay. People. Do people do that? Um, they, yeah, I mean, people uh, mix it up all the time. Uh, my favorite was one time on the street of Minneapolis, some black guy goes, uh, Yo, Frank Conniff, Science Fiction 2000. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite of all time. From, from Science
2: Fiction 2000, Frank Conniff, <laughs> and also a writer I'm Totally Biased.
0: Totally biased uh, with W. Kamal Bell, which uh, Adam uh, works on. And you know, and as so, we both work on that show, and you know that we put in long hours and our time. Our free time is precious, so thank you for having me watch Munchie <laughs> <laughs> during my precious free time away. I do feel bad of late at night when I ask you, do, you sure?
2: What's the movie, Munchie? <laughs> so, Mark, you want to give a quick recap of what Munchie
1: is? Oh my gosh, what is Munchie? It's so many things, isn't it? It's this kid who's new in town. I, what, what do you think? He, how old is that guy? He's a teenager, he, early teens, he's right? He's like 12. 12 years yeah. old? He's new in school. He doesn't know anyone. His mom is dating this creep. His His mom is Lonnie Anderson. His mom is Lonnie Anderson. Or looks like
2: somebody. That should be the plot of the movie. Looking
1: good, I might add. Yeah, Yeah. that's right.
2: Wouldn't that be the plot of the movie? Like, here's a kid whose mom looks like Lonnie Lonnie Anderson. Anderson. And what's next? That
1: would be better than the movie. So, (laughs) his mom is dating this creep, and the creep is like tells uh, the kid, I'm going to... I'm going to ask your mom to marry. I want to be your father whether yeah. you like it or he not. He the cliched mustache, like the creepy guy yeah. mustache yeah. And, and hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, is yeah. a
0: deft comic turn by Andrew Stevens, which we've all been waiting for. When,
2: when was he going to do the deft comic turn is what everyone was <laughs> saying. Well,
0: that's my point is that, uh, is that the director probably said, no matter what, this will be a great vehicle for the comedy talents of Andrew Stevens. Who
2: <laughs> is a big movie producer... Yeah, he produces a
0: lot of B-movies, right?
2: Yeah, and a couple of uh, good movies. Uh, and he directed Tommy and the Cool Mule, which is <laughs> just like Munchie, about a kid who moves to a new town where his dad passed yeah. away from the war. Very funny premise. Ooh. And uh, he is saved by a celebrity-voiced mule, in this case, voiced by Ice-T. And wow. uh, we talk about that in another episode. <laughs> but So this is a celebrity-voiced puppet. It,
1: it, it. It is. He um he find the kid happens to find this this it was a suitcase that talks and you don't know what's inside but you hear, a the comedic voice of, of one Dom Deloise. Yes. Yeah. He's good with the one liners or he's doing his best with the one liners.
2: That's the one liners. Man
1: and then he opens the suitcase and voila it's uh it's a creature. I don't, what is Munchie? I still don't know. That what. was
0: never. Did you? Pick it up because it was never really explained to me, like what, where he came from, what, what, why what, he had his magic. A... Because he yeah. was, you know, on the one hand, he was been locked in a box for a thousand years, but then he comes out and he has all the current catchphrases, you know, yeah. all the slang and everything. <laughs> well, so
1: the first song he sings was "Hello, My Darling." Hello. Yeah, which yeah. was
0: a, uh, I guess there was a tribute to the uh, "One Froggy Evening," the uh, Chuck Jones. Uh, car, you know, one of the greatest cartoons ever with the frog that always yeah. sings that song. Yeah, and then
2: he sold out and did the WB years later. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, don't blame the frog. On that.
0: <laughs> I do blame the frog. I it know he's got his kids. A- his animators, his... I think, were. Oh, uh, those sons of bitches. Out. But
2: uh, yeah, he comes out. He's, well, they do explain. In some way, uh, Artie Johnson.
0: Who, who was who I who I liked in this movie? Uh, yeah, I've always always liked Artie Johnson. So when he's that, was, that, was, that was that was one nice thing in an otherwise I mean, horrible. Experience. Artie Johnson
1: laughing. I mean, he has yeah. comedy chops. He's, you was know, he's. to has see Artie Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that
0: that that was a one moment of kind of pleasantness out of He started
2: out with like he was German, and then he wasn't, <laughs> and then he just dropped the actor. It depended
1: the on the day, I think, yeah. the day of
2: shoot. So he discovers in this book he happens to have that Munchie's been around since the beginning of time. I thought it was a funny thing. They just drew in this awful Munchy puppet into uh, famous drawings.
1: Yes, that was the exposition to show that Munchy is thousands of years old.
2: But so what? Is that what you're saying, Frank? So what? What? So you, well, you still want to know what Munchie is?
0: We get. Well, I guess around? you picked that. I didn't. I, you know, it was only a whole uh, scene. Is uh, that what you do? Yeah. Yourself? Well, I was. I was something <laughs> out. I guess you know. During that, uh, you know, it's the. It, it, it made me think watching this, and you guys can tell me if you agree or not. But. I you know we've all had very uh, pleasurable experiences watching bad uh, you know sci-fi movies or bad horror movies like for instance the last movie I talked about on your show was Birdemic oh
1: yeah which
0: was horrible and I, I I enjoyed it so much it was and movies like Plan Nine or Manos the Hands of Fate, but I don't think there's, a, there's, I don't think you can enjoy a bad comedy, you know what I mean? Like, bad comedies, even if they're really, really bad, they don't have that, that, lev, that thing that makes you enjoy them because of their badness, it's, it's just bad, there's something so painful about bad comedy.
2: It, it is rare to find a, a good bad comedy. Yeah. And, uh, my brother Mike, who I'll say, because he listens and he gets excited if I say his name, uh, he says the same exact <laughs> thing, There's it's hard yeah. to talk, to get a bad comedy, uh, we just talked about Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, that's a good one because there's so many mistakes in it and just weird stuff. But yeah, because they're trying to be funny. And you yeah, know, there's a lot of bad comedies, they had that music behind it, that yeah. like constant soundtrack to let you know something wacky is right. going and, on.
0: And that was another thing that I actually thought I had watching uh, this movie. Not that I had many thoughts while I watched
2: it. But <laughs> it was a take for I, me.
0: I really think, and this is not just this movie, but so many low-budget movies is... is and I, I'm sure there are exceptions to this, but in almost every case, it's like, stop it with the synthesizer soundtracks, mm-hmm. you know? It's like the synthesizer soundtracks just make them seem even cheaper than they already are. And Because I think the idea is that a synthesizer can appropriate an orchestra somehow, and it, it's a cheap way to have an orchestral soundtrack, and, and it just always sounds horrible and cheesy. Do do what uh, Carol Reed did in *The Third Man*. Just use a zither, you know. Just use one <laughs> instrument. It'll be better than trying to to make it seem like there's an orchestra when there isn't.
1: Those chattering teeth, man, in the open. I couldn't believe it. It's just all they have in the total in the opening sequence. Right. Is the chattering teeth? It's like twelve chattering teeth, and what they didn't it? even.
2: What did I, that mean?
1: I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. So uh, I was trying to look into the deep symbolism of the chattering teeth, and uh, I found nothing. I
2: found that... So in the beginning, the movie opens with a guy who hates Munchies so much yeah. that he throws him down a bottomless pit. The sign is his bottomless pit. <laughs> yeah, Another tribute. The
1: sign. Thanks. Yeah.
2: Another tribute to Warner Brothers. And um, so I guess the teeth, I thought it was just a guy okay. talking too much.
1: Okay. But, but, but yeah. who Munch. was
0: that guy at the beginning? I thought that that was like uh, they were going to swing back to that yeah. somehow. That that was the guy trying to marry. But that and, that was like happening, and then we were seeing a flashback of. Uh, but then they never went. So what was that just supposed to
1: be? What was that supposed to be? I don't know. I thought Is that it was, was Art,
2: at one point. I thought it was Artie Johnson. Uh, I
1: will say this: there weren't there other sequels to Munchie, and maybe they brought that back in a future Munchie. I Munchie starts back very seriously in 1994.
2: Munchie yeah. Strikes back, voiced by Howard
1: Hessman. Oh man, he needed a paycheck. Oh really? Yeah. yeah.
2: Hey. How much is that paycheck? But like the other movies, they must have all. Uh, there's another one called The Talking Cat that we talked about on the show. Eric Roberts is the voice of the cat, and he sounds <laughs> like he did it in the closet of his hotel room after he woke up from a long, uh, possibly a long night of drinking. So Dom DeLuise, I feel like he was not at his top of his he game. He was doing but, no. the candid
1: camera thing about that time, right? Didn't he? Was he doing like a candid camera syndicated show? I think that, that was the time. He, he was, the Dom DeLuise I mean, show. I
0: um, uh, I had the happy pleasure of working with Dom Donowee's one time. He was on a Sabrina episode. Mm. He couldn't have possibly been a nicer guy. And, and I grew up a big fan of his. Um, he, there was a uh, Dean Martin a summer replacement show in the 60s that he and uh, Rowan and Martin were on. It was actually before Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, and it was actually the show that, that propelled Ron and Martin to getting laugh in. It was a Dean Martin summer replacement show and Dom DeLuise was on it and it, it's one of my fondest memories of this hilarious uh, sketch variety show. Um, and I've just always loved him. So working with him was 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 a delight, but I but with this performance like I just get the impre- you uh, the impression from it that like he was he was probably very affable and nice when he did it, but I don't. you don't sense that his heart is really in it, you know. Yeah,
2: he, he walked in. Yeah, he, he kind of yeah. just
0: did it. It was a job. And yeah. I, I think he, he, you know, I'd love to say he gave it all, his no. all, but I'm not sure if he really did or he not. He gave it most
2: of it. He, he gave, gave it his most. most. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, um... It was in between picking up his kids at school yeah. or something? Or he had something <laughs> he else on off his dropped off mind. Peter yeah. of <laughs> Where's Peter DeLuise? Yeah. He
1: was in, um, Peter was in the um, the 21 Jump Street
0: um, remake. Yeah, he that they was just did
1: He had a cameo. Oh, yeah.
0: That Wasn't was, he on the original one, or am I thinking he, of someone on no, the TV was. show? No, he was. Oh, he was. He was on the TV 21 show. 21 Jump
1: Street, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was a big-time uh, action star mm-hmm. from his dad being in Comedy Chops. The one-liners were incessant and non-stop. But they, right, here's what bugged me the most about it, was the fucking puppet was terrible.
1: Yeah, The puppet was awful. It and the was not. It was right yeah. you not know, It took you out, and, yeah, you never got back in.
2: No, and it felt like they, did they write a movie around the fact that they went to a garage sale and they found this thing, this old puppet, <laughs> and they're like, hey, we can shoot a movie around this.
0: Yeah, I think that's the type of thing and uh, that uh, even little kids watching it would probably go, yeah. you know, wait, that's... Is he supposed not, to
2: not? In fact, don't hit the table.
0: His, uh, the th- suspe- you know, the suspension of disbelief was just uh, ne- uh, never this, there.
1: This movie has to have... I mean, it, it, there was a budget. I mean, you look at those, those uh, chases, the car chases mm-hmm. and stuff... There was money there. Like, that was just, um, that blew my mind that this thing must have cost, I'm guessing, a few million dollars at well, least. Pro- I
0: don't know that much. Maybe really? A millionaire? I would. And the guy who directed it uh, directed a lot of, like, uh, horror, exploitation, low budget Roger Corman things. And it, I, I think when people like that, you know, try to make a kid's film, it's, it's just, uh, it, it just doesn't work at all, you know. It's oh, he
2: made the uh, Tracy Lord's Not of This Earth movie, her first legit film. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was that caliber of uh, acting. Yeah,
0: and, and it's, I think you can sense that the people making this children's film probably should be on neighborhood watch lists. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we, there's one thing that we have to talk about, the debut of a, an actress who's now very famous. Yes. And she went by a different name at the time.
2: It's Lonnie Anderson.
1: <laughs> yes, Lonnie Anderson. No, no, tell, who,
0: tell who us. Who went me. on
1: to become Louie Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> she gained a lot of
0: weight wow.
1: and started she, doing stand up. It was Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. who at the time was billed as Love Hewitt. I don't know why the Jennifer wasn't there, but if you look in the credits, her name, first name I, was Lonnie. You Love. know what?
0: I was thinking that this is a clear case because obviously after this movie, she got a better agent, probably, or she had. Because her career, and agent. her career went somewhere after this, so I think someone said, "Hey, you know what? To keep the Jennifer, the Jennifer is fine." You know, maybe her mother was like, "It'll just be love, you." It that'll be cute uh, or something. You, yeah,
1: you should yeah. maybe verify this, but I, I try to do research on these things, and uh, I, I she won an award for this.
2: She won like a kids' award. She won
1: a kids' oh, award really? for Munchie. Munchie yeah. won an award. Can we can we uh, fathom that? It, but
0: it wasn't. Uh, a Nickelodeon's Kid's Choice it was the Playboy Channel Kid's Choice <laughs> Award which is not as good a thing it's
2: not a, yeah you don't hold it up yeah. you don't You don't put it up uh, yeah it is weird the credits in this movie were on Amber Alerts I thought that was really <laughs> weird they had a
1: no but and Jennifer Love you she's adorable in it too yeah she's good yeah See, there's some there's definitely um, some fun performances the, the
2: kid I uh, hope he didn't really work much after no that the kid good.
1: the she's kid wasn't a, good I don't he's think he's done that. a few things I IMD beat him he's yeah. been in a couple things uh. but but um,
2: Um, But thankfully not much and that's what bugs me about the sequel. Yes, I would love to see Munchie strike again Do whatever he wants to do it comes back, you know still more Munchie, but the puppet was so bad I just wish they got a new puppet for the sequel. That's why there should not be a sequel to this movie.
1: The puppet was tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, puppet. that not that the most important... This is like the Howard of the Duck movie. Like
0: a sock puppet would have worked. Seriously, like a sock puppet would have worked. <laughs> like worked, worked better.
2: Seeing the arm yeah, in the sock puppet yeah. would have worked better.
1: My, one of my favorite things that was actually truly pl- pleasurable about this film was the POV of the pizza. Like, <laughs> I, I just thought that that was... <laughs> like, it's a pizza going through the sky, and they chose to use the pizza as the POV. The director's like, this is... I just i just imagine him telling everybody, Ooh. like the producers, like that this is going to be something. He's
2: at know. a bar right now where he's at the set of uh, Tracy Lord's action <laughs> film saying, listen, I did a shot with a pizza. So Munchie says, hey, I'll get you dinner. I'll get you a pizza. and he, The pizza comes up from Vitello's. Which is famous for? Robert Blake? It was where Robert Blake killed his uh, oh, wife.
1: Oh, really? I, yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought that was it because um, I've been. My brother lives in Studio City. I think it's in. It's Studio in Studio City. City? Yeah. And I thought that that was the place.
2: It was just so weird. That was the place back then, and.
1: Well, they used it twice too,
0: because then he took. A, he that's where Lonnie Anderson and Andrew Stevens went on their date. Later. He
2: says, "I know of a good Italian place." Yeah. And sure. then at one point he says, "I left my gun in the car," which I thought was weird. But then something <laughs> else happened. and He got distracted.
0: Robert Blake would have actually lightened this movie. <laughs> he would
2: have been, he <laughs> Probably killing his mother would have been more kid a friendly. Sense of whimsy killing his wife. Didn't
1: have. So the pizza flies yeah. out, and then the guy, the chef, or the the guy that works there.
2: The, the, steri- owner, the Italian stereotype.
1: He runs pretty much at the with, with, with an axe. Like a
0: cleaver. With a cleaver.
1: Yeah, I mean, that happens. And there's a police car that happens to be right there. To, to see all this go down. Which...
2: How many police cars have you seen Studio City just sitting there when you go, go <laughs> visit your brother?
0: But one unique thing they did I thought that was a really unusual choice was when they had the police in the donut shop. Mm-hmm. I thought that was... Uh...
2: That that's unusual. Yes. When they had... Um... The pizza flying, the POV, the pizza flying yeah. down the street. People were like jumping out of the way, except for two hot chicks who were like, oh, hello. Like, <laughs> he was were,
1: cute. Uh, they were like, oh, hello, pizza. They were into the pizza. Ooh.
2: Yeah, they are like, oh, hubba hubba. And it was just, the pizza, right, it was a plain cheese pizza being nitpicky. Ooh. And when it flew up in the air, it was... Uh, it was almost like pottery of a pizza with everything <laughs> yeah. on it. Right. it. Yeah, it looked really fake. It just flew across.
0: It picked up toppings
2: as it, <laughs> as it <laughs> flew on, yeah. it really did. Yeah, then they, they landed, and it, it took less than a half hour. The police arrest the guy running down the street they with did, a cleaver. They did get
1: arrested. I want to say one thing. I wish I had a munchie in middle school to, to defend me against bullies.
2: Me too. Good call.
1: I mean, I did notice that Munchie was protecting him against getting picked on, and I'm telling you, when I was getting slammed into the lockers at Hershey Middle School in Hershey, Pennsylvania when I was in junior high, Munchie, where was Munchie?
2: Where was Munchie? Munchie? I was too. Same thing. Where (laughs) was Munchie when they were putting gum in my hair? (laughs) Motherfucking Munchie. At Hershey um,
1: High, was
0: it considered an insult when they told you you were on the Hershey Highway?
1: <laughs> that, you know what, we never, I grew up in Hershey Pennsylvania when I was a kid, and they never talked about the chocolate, they never talked about that joke, which uh, I hear all the time now, I don't know, it was over the kids' heads, I guess.
2: You guys like never that. talked about chocolate, did it smell like no, chocolate? No, it smelled
1: like chocolate when it was raining or it was windy, and I'm it's telling you, saying. until I graduated and left, um, no one ever talked and acknowledged the fact that the streetlights were in the shape of Hershey Kisses and that the town smelled like chocolate.
2: It was a way when he moved to New York, and you're like, ah, oh, it smells like piss <laughs> when it bit. rains. It's awkward. Yeah, I grew
1: up in Toblerone, Iowa. <laughs> Iowa so,
0: yeah,
2: I was so in was Doritos, weird. New Jersey. Cool Ranch. <laughs> cool Ranch. <man. laughs> yeah. It was really nice. Yeah, where it was... But Munchie doesn't just help him. He does, like, really fucked up things. He, cha- he
1: changes his grades.
0: Which yeah, is fucked Yeah, which out. he does, which... Yeah, I, I, that, that should have been like... He's a felon.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you you, need, you didn't need a munchie, you needed a felon I in your school. I needed
1: somebody to, to yeah. And
0: then I, <laughs> believe it or not, I found the whole uh, romance between the principal and his hot secretary not believable. What?
2: Frank. So he's got this super hot secretary uh, with the boobs and and a tight sweater and then they're having a romance. Right. She's a porn star. I looked her up. Twice, I, I had, did not slowly. look her up,
0: but I assumed that she looked like she was probably a porn star.
2: <laughs> yeah, was, that she went on from there. And when you Google her name, uh, this kid's movie comes up, oh man. along with all the naked pictures of her. And
1: then they're having their scene and Munchie somehow hits the public address and their whole thing, when they're talking and doing their Baby thing, talk. gets... Yeah, not
0: since Hot the Lips Dress. Hooligan in the first, um, in the M.A.S.H. Oh, movie the MASH one. Oh, is that why he was wearing,
2: wearing camouflage? He's like a total tribute to M.A.S.H.
1: And it was an Altman choice, clearly. It was
2: very Altman-esque. Yeah, because they went on to other not, stories. Uh,
0: not, not Robert Altman, Jeff Altman. Oh, yeah, it was Jeff very Altman Jeff Altman. <laughs> it felt Altman. like uh,
2: the beef was his big thing. Who? Side of beef, Jeff Altman.
0: Oh, I don't know. Uh,
2: I don't know. We'll cut that part uh, Pink out. Pink
0: Lady cause... and Jeff was his big thing.
2: Pink Lady and which Jeff. Which
0: You should talk about on the show.
2: I way. would love to. That's another. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Pink Lady and Jeff. No. It was a variety show, right? With Jeff. Alvin. Yeah, I,
0: I actually, it's in storage in uh, L.A. I have it. On, I have the full series on DVD. What
1: year are we talking?
0: 1980,
1: 81. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: And uh, uh, well, who, who's
0: Pink Lady? It was two uh, uh, women who were uh, apparently gigantic stars in uh, Japan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred Silverman, who was the head of NBC at the time, said, oh, these we should make them gigantic stars in uh, America. But they didn't speak any English. They barely spoke English. Um, and he teamed them, and he had the brainstorm of teaming them with Jeff Altman for a variety Steady. of show. This
1: was on, I've seen this clip on YouTube. I've seen a clip yeah, of it. It's, 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 yeah, yeah it rem- it's coming back
0: to it's, me. Um, Really, uh, it's it's quite an atrocity. And, and uh, Sid Caesar is on a lot of the episodes. Oh, no. To go not. from
1: your show of shows to... to
0: yeah, uh, and also Jerry Lewis is on an episode. And, and wow. there's one, the, the sketch that he does that I think they have in the credits that he wrote himself is pretty bad. Uh-huh. But there's there's a part where he's interacting with Jeff Altman and he's and Jerry Lewis is truly hilarious in this. He's like you know just goofing around and stuff and, and it's it's not scripted and that's one part of it that is genuinely funny
2: but it was what made us a disaster
0: well because the premise of having two <laughs> Japanese <laughs> all women who can't, can't speak can't English, English to an American audience. with Jeff Altman who would have, however talented he may have been uh, you know yep. they they he couldn't carry an entire hour long I mean he's in a lot of sketches doing different characters and stuff right and he's not Sid Caesar he's not Jackie Gleason so you know, it, it was just an ill-conceived uh, thing.
2: I oh, will check it out. Well, now we don't have to yeah. do an episode on it. Yeah. I think I don't think there's more to say. But it, it was amazing when it came on. I remember my brother yeah, it. It I was. Yeah, it was. It was
0: a very it. famous disaster in its day. Uh, uh-huh. You know that, that I think even when people heard about it, they were like, "What? Are you kidding me?" You know.
2: Yeah. First of all, what is Pink Lady? Yeah. <laughs> and What is Jeff? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one is Super Dream.
0: Super out. Train was a, from the Fred Silverman era. Yeah, another Oh, thing. yes,
1: it was a real train, right? They it was built, a
0: love boat on a train. Yeah, And they
1: built an actual, like, a movie. And it was, like, millions of dollars, the mm. actual, like, the set.
2: Oh, the really? Train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you watch the opening credits, it is such a... Not only is this a rip-off of a love boat, but, all right, so the idea is they have a super train that people take instead of cars and boats, but it's still uh, the only black guy is the porter. Oh, like, no. it still raises... We could go uh, technically better, but we still have right. to... But um, I took a writing course at the new school, and the guy who taught and it. And
0: they taught that show. No, he Here's he, a he, Super Train script that you should follow closely. <laughs> you were writing kind of, a spec script. I was Super working on my Train. Super Train, and it got canceled as I was writing it.
2: <laughs> no, I went to buy his book, because that's what he was doing And the guy at the bookstore said, yeah, I know that guy. He wrote Super Train. You should drop that class right now. <laughs>
1: Didn't Fred Silverman do Manimal as well? Wasn't yes, that Fred Manimal, which Man- I believe was from the Fred Silverman. What was the idea well? of Manimal? Man, half animal? half-man, half yeah, he could turn
0: into an animal um, at certain, I he was kind of a normal guy through a lot of it, but then and when he needed to, if he was like investigating something, oh, here comes the, <laughs> fa- oh, I'll turn into a cat and, and they won't catch me, you know.
2: What was that one episode we got really low budget where the bad guy was allergic to cats <laughs> and in terms of cat there's hay fever guy and then the police that came. That
0: started a uh, uh, a spin-off called Allergy Squad. Allergy, Allergy
2: Squad?
1: squad. <laughs> Pepper Squad. Dramatic Cinematic, bitches.
0: Check us out. DramaticCinematic.com.
2: Talk about some of the screwed up things that Munchie did. Mm-hmm. Like he, he also, it's funny, I just talked about Mrs. Doubtfire, which is almost the same movie. Uh, he throws a party without anybody knowing, mm-hmm. he almost kills somebody. He does the old hotfoot gag to the stepdad.
1: Oh, he lights the match in his shoe, or lights, lights his shoe on fire. No,
2: there's a, somehow he gets a long, old-timey wooden match in his shoe. Yes, and then yes. lights it, and the guy doesn't notice, right. and he goes, hi, 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 hot foot. <laughs> yeah. It's. <laughs>
1: Comedy and suits. Oh, ensues. and you know what
0: else is that? Um, and then near the end, a spoiler warning, people. Um, <laughs> uh, Lonnie Anderson kind of uh, starts hanging out with uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt's dad, and then I thought, oh, you know, they're gonna hook up now. But they never, they never pursue that in the story. It's like, implied. It's yeah. It's you just
2: never I read the Dollhouse, where it was implied <laughs> this should be okay. Yeah. This is implied they're gonna hook oh, okay.
1: up. Okay. Yeah.
2: Because Munchie throws a party without the kid knowing in his house, and he invites Jennifer Love Hewitt and he does voices perfectly. And does an impression <laughs> yes. of, of him. I didn't know him. you
1: don't know that Munchie can can throw his. He can impersonate anybody apparently.
2: He says that, but then when you hear the impersonation, it's really just a track of the kid. Yeah. So you're like he can just like, summon his voice. And same
1: with the the, the boyfriend um, of his mom, of Lonnie Anderson because he uses the credit card. He uses the credit card to he pay for the He doesn't use the credit
2: card. He has a card in his hand. He does the voice. Yeah. And then he says, Oh, you got it on
0: file.
1: Oh yes, oh, yeah. that's it. Yeah. He like, that why did you steal it, yeah. his wallet?
0: Yeah. it yeah. 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 was pointless. And then I, I would have believed his impressions more if if he had started off on the phone saying um uh here's the kid I'm who's Jamie. the star of this movie here i wonder what it would be like <laughs> if he went to a burger king <laughs> i think it would go something like this and then he turns around and then, then i would have bought it more that he could do impressions let's clap real quick yeah yeah he does jack
2: nicholson and like most impressions <laughs> he says this is jack nicholson right at the top
0: He does do Jack Nicholson in the movie. He calls Hugh
2: Hefner, who has a shitty business card. He has a Mm -hmm. shitty business card that says Hugh Hefner. Uh, And he calls, I need some girls for a party. mm -hmm. And Hefner's like, yeah, of course. You're promoting a movie? I'll fly some girls in. Right. But when he invites Jennifer Love Hewitt, she says, sure, I'm going to bring my dad. Mm-hmm. Which just seemed really weird.
1: Yeah, I'd never, I never, in middle school, that yeah that wouldn't happen at a party. I'm going to bring my dad. It's Damn. the
2: opposite, isn't it? You pretend yeah. you don't have a dad? Pretty much. Yeah, like, oh my god, drop me off at of a block away. <laughs> yeah. Oh. What about
1: the fantasy sequences? They tried to do that, that a kid would be imagining stuff, and then it was like the Revolutionary War. Those are, I the think, soldiers. more
0: accurately called the padding sequences. The padding <laughs> sequences. Good technical they, term.
2: They uh, They went away real quick. Was yeah like the they didn't have the a lot
0: of them and I was very grateful for that <laughs> the stock, with the fantasy hey my own funeral you know or
2: He's literally in the casket. I, I you know, watched this movie. It took a while to watch this film. So I've watched it in two parts. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like two different movies. because I forgot that they had all those fantasy sequences.
1: It's like Full Metal Jacket. It's like two, two it's movies. Right. <laughs> yeah. But a little bit
2: higher quality. Look, Come on, let's, let's just be honest. But
1: if the, if the first half had ended with Munchie
0: blowing his brains out, it would have been better. It <laughs> would have been better. <laughs> Come on,
2: Gomer. Yeah. Oh, man. But there was a whole scene where there's a talent show where the bully says... You better make me look good in this talent show. And he does Romeo sure. and Juliet.
1: The kid's the stage manager. Gage, that was his name? Gage? Gage. Gage is the stage manager. And then you have Munchie who's causing mischief.
2: But only near a wall where someone's hand can go behind him and work it. Luckily, there was a spot there on stage. And what was the point of that? More padding? Well, yeah, I don't know.
0: It was, Hijinks? I think they... I get the impression that the uh, writers, if there were writers of this movie just started out before they even had a story of, of like, what would be the big block comedy sequences, you know, the big slapstick key things, and they just wrote down a list, and they just put them all in the movie, whether they made any sense or not. Right.
1: Revenge on the Bully, yeah, it was just, yeah. like, um, pretty much, like, just gags that didn't do anything. Yeah.
2: But it ended with the main kid punching the bully out, which is just, like, well, yeah, The other stuff was just set up for him to punch him in the face. Ooh give him enough confidence.
0: It made me grateful that uh, um, E. T. like didn't focus on Elliot being bullied at school. That would have been a much better <laughs>
2: film, Frank. Who would have done the voice back in 1984 for that movie? That would have been great.
0: That actually, E. T. was actually Tom Deluise. I don't. Know
2: it was? He was in the costume. <laughs> oh, he put on weight when he got older. Yeah, this movie—they did every trope they can think of, and it's supposed to be a sequel. It's in the movie Munchies, which is a ripoff of the Gremlins.
0: Right, I, I did think read I've that. seen. I think I saw Munchies years ago. I
2: heard that. That was nothing like this. I'm guessing.
0: No, they came from outer space, and uh, it was it was like you said, it was a Gremlins ripoff.
2: In the trailer for for Munchie, it says sequels of the great movie Munchies, uh, which it just wasn't, and it's a different audience too. It was a completely different film.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know. But I mean, like I Troll
2: don't... Two isn't it has nothing, nothing to, to do, do with Troll One. Yeah. Oh really? Oh, yeah, they just Troll too. They just slapped a name on <laughs> that movie. You just called it troll, too. They're, you know gre- what's they're weird? goblins, bro. You're not going to believe
0: this, but The Godfather 2, nothing to do what? with Godfather What? No. Oh. It's a whole different story. Oh, my story. God.
1: Oh my they're Irish.
2: Yeah. In that film, it's a totally different thing.
1: Am I right that this was Lonnie Anderson's last movie, or it was my? I think it was one of her last. I was IMDb-ing her, and uh-huh. I think this might have been. I mean, she did oh, really? a little she TV work, but this any... must have been her last She's movie. She's been in a
0: series since then. I think she was in
1: that VH1 vehicle with Tori Spelling playing her mom. Notorious, I think, was what oh, it was yeah. called. But um, I I mean, think she did some stuff playing herself. But I was just looking up on on IMDb to see if she had done any other film work. And I didn't see any, I could I could be wrong, but...
2: She's best known for Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, Night of the Roxbury, and W.K. I'm
1: wrong, then, because Night of the Roxbury was was after.
2: She was on Leno in a...
1: In a sketch. In right? a sketch, 2010.
2: Yeah. Cop and Kitty. She's probably playing the yeah. sex bomb, you know, for, for the young kids at home or what. She was, was oh, so notorious, is what you were talking about. She yeah, she did Spelling's TV, mother. but... um. And the mullets, she played the mother, the hot mother on the mullets.
1: Mmm, okay. So she's is. doing what? some TV stuff. Oh,
2: Frank, you don't know what the mullets? It's a show about two guys who have mullets, and their last name is Mullet. And their mom is Lonnie Anderson, and she's pursued...
1: It could happen in Rome. ...by
2: uh, an uptight guy, just like this movie, who wants to be her, who she married. Oh, wow. And he's played by uh, O'Hurley, the guy from Dancing with the Stars, the first winner. From Oh, Seinfeld. yeah, who
0: was on Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah, yeah he played yeah. the
2: Uptight Guy.
0: Well, he I can picture as an Uptight Guy. You know, he, I could see him pulling that off. Yes. Unlike Andrew Stevens, who.
2: <laughs> he had the tight suit.
1: I want to just say one thing, and we were talking about Dom DeLaWise a bunch. He, yeah. back in the day, he was funny. Like his Johnny Carson uh, appearances with Burt Reynolds. He's great. Blazing he's great. Saddles,
0: uh, you know. Blazing I mean? Saddles, yeah, he was hilarious. Yeah. In, and in. Uh, the Twelve Chairs, which is the little scene Mel Brooks movie that he made right after the producers, Dom DeLuise, is is really funny in that. He's great. I mean, yeah. he was always
2: great. And then yeah, they didn't get Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. They got tired. Dom well, I DeLuise. think yeah,
0: yeah, he just stopped. Um, you know, his heyday was was a little bit over by then. And the people that he, the great people that he worked for, like Mel Brooks and those, you know, they weren't making. And even his. He had a long run as uh, Burt
1: Reynolds, oh his, my gosh, like those, sidekick. Yeah, oh, they were great. Yeah, yeah they were fun to watch. I don't know.
2: I would love to watch it again. Like we watched Catamount Run Two again. Do you think it would hold up?
1: It, I, I I don't think it does. I mean, yeah. I watched I tried to watch a little bit a couple of years ago, and it just. Um, I mean, it's fun watching those pe- those guys and stuff. But it's like, let's just have fun and throw it's out It's like they're having before. fun yes. but you're not. You know. Yeah, but it was, I mean, it's it's good for like 10, 15 minutes and you're watching like legends, you know? Mm,
0: yeah, and also Tom DeLuise has a very, uh, one of his earlier roles is in the movie Failsafe. He has like, a, it's like a serious, what is a- the movie Failsafe, uh, well, you know Dr. Strangelove, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Failsafe came out the same year that Dr. Strangelove did Failsafe is basically the serious version of Dr. Strangelove. It's a straight-out thriller about an accidental nuclear war directed by Sidney Lumet. A great film, not as great a film as Dr. Strangelove, but but really uh, incredibly scary. And, and, and Henry Fonda plays the president, and... Um, Doctor Strangelove. Those it was weird. Those both came out the same year, and and Doctor Strangelove, being the comedy, was the more appropriate way to approach that material because of the, of the absurdity of, of, of it. Is that why they put Dom DeLuise in there? Is he hitting people with seltzer going? Yeah, come <laughs> no, on. He has like a really serious. And Walter Matthau is in it as well. What year he, would
1: you say? What was that? What did Strange Doctor Strangelove? Doctor
0: Strangelove, Strangelove came out in 1964,
1: as did uh, Fail Safe. So Louis. Uh, by then, Delewis, the audiences didn't know him as Mr. Yeah, funny. Yeah, he, no,
0: he was just a, like an unknown uh, yeah. character actor at that okay. point. Before uh, the funny. He, he has, a, and it's like you see Don Rickles is in some has some dramatic roles. Yes, early on in uh, Run Silent, Run Deep yeah. with uh, Burt Lancaster, uh, and a few movies because that's what he started out to be was an actor.
2: But he still looks like. When he's watched those clips, he's still, like, Don, Don Rickles, he's still, yeah. like, yelling, come on, guys, yeah. what's going on over here? Come on, you idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he's still that guy.
0: The captain of the submarine over here is going, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Meanwhile, the wife's at home going,
1: oh, give me salt. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you get right. to hang out with him at Kimmel at all? I did. Oh, my gosh. Tell tell me. It was
2: great. He was so oh funny. So nice. He was doing, I went to Vegas to see him, and I asked this guy, like, can I go backstage to see him? He goes, yeah, come back before the show. Mm-hmm. And the friend I was with was like, um, hey, do you mind if I get a picture with Don? I was like, yeah, of course. We get there. He's in a robe. He's sitting there just before a show in Vegas. And my friend is so nervous. So I'm like, hey, Don. Hey, how are you? My friend is standing there. And he goes, well, who, what's with this guy over here? he <laughs> uh, You got the world's worst entourage. <laughs> I want to oh, kill myself. Great. My friend was like, oh, I don't need a picture. I just got insulted. Yeah. He was super, super great. Yeah, he was really nice. And um, he was, he he signed a book for me. My dad had interviewed him before uh, for, the for his book, so he just wrote, "I don't like you much. Your father's a great. <laughs> wrote, Your father's a great man. I'm not. I don't like you that much." That's
1: so great. Oh, yeah, man. it was so funny. Yeah, yeah, I saw
0: him in Vegas. I never never met him, but I saw him in Vegas, and
1: he was really great. He still does the yeah. live appearances. I can't yeah. believe I, I played Town Hall a couple of years ago, and I heard he killed, no doubt.
2: I saw him in Vegas a while ago before he hurt his hip, and he would walk. It was a horseshoe. Ooh. It was a. Yeah, he walked around this horseshoe. And he was just pointing at people, making fun of them. It was yeah. amazing. These points, at this old lady. He goes, "What? They let you out of the home?" And he just <laughs> kept walking around and hitting people. It was fantastic. Oh
0: God! Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. I saw him uh, in Vegas. He was really, really great. Uh,
1: that Carson clip is my, one of my favorite things. When Carson goes from Studio One across the hall to confront him about yeah. the broken cigarette box, and you see Rickles like for once he doesn't know what to say at first, and then he starts. He finally starts gets it back, and he starts, you know. Um, making fun of Carson, but oh, man, I love that guy.
2: Yeah, It is funny when he goes on a tangent. Apparently, um, on, on Kimmel, Clito uh, Sr., played saxophone, played in a band in Vegas, and he would open up for uh, Don Rickles, and mm. Don would ask them, they're all Mexican, to stay and sit in the front row so he would have I Mexicans to make fun, fun of. Oh, right. And they couldn't wait. Like, We're going to get made <laughs> fun of by Don Rickles. This is so great.
1: <laughs> it's an honor.
2: Speaking of honors, would you recommend people to see Munchie?
1: I can't. I'm sorry. If I have to be honest, no. I mean, I think the best thing to do is just IMDb and see like the print ad for it to see the box. That's the that was kind of like the highlight for me. I mean, when you when you sent me a message on Facebook, Munchie, and I googled it, I just got really excited, and that was like the most excited I've, I got about <laughs> the whole thing. about the whole thing. Frank, I
0: can uh, unreservedly not recommend this. I, I, yeah, it's like I was saying before. Uh, you know, it's a bad comedy, and bad comedies you can't enjoy them the way you can enjoy a bad horror film or a bad sci-fi film or or just a bad, or a bad melodrama, you know. Um, Bad comedy done by people, mostly who can't do, and even who can't do comedy, and then even people like uh, Artie Johnson and Dom DeLuise who can do comedy and are actually really funny, but then that's also depressing to see them in a vehicle that's not really worthy of them, you know. Right. So I can't (laughs) recommend, I, 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 can't not recommend this uh, more. Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, I think AJ recommended it to me, who did not watch the whole thing, but you know, you must get this right. You like bad movies, you're gonna love this. And then you like, oh my god. But
0: most of the time, I don't like bad movies. That's the thing. It's like, oh, really? Well, ba- bad movies, the enjoy, it's like anything, you know, the great movies. Are few and far between, and bad movies that are enjoyable are few and far between. It's like a, a bad movie to be enjoyable. There, there's there's like a special, you can't even really describe the, you know, there's like kind of a quality to it, a soul to it, that um, that makes it, you know, like Ed Wood's movies and uh, and Manos. something like like Manos or Valley of the Dolls or um, the Oscar is another one of my, is mm. that I just, it's a bad movie that I love as much as I love good movies, you know. Um, but those kind of movies are, you know, most movies that suck are just boring and, and, and you, you just want to stop watching them
2: i got to say, I recommend this movie. Really? <laughs> really? Awesome. Why would you recommend this movie? I, it's just so bad. I don't
0: think you should watch the whole thing. You gotta watch uh, it
1: in two parts, Adam. That's how
0: bad it was. Uh, but I, I don't know. I think I sold her through it. I think if you're a, a student of bad puppeteering, maybe it'll be... Uh, it's just,
2: maybe there's uh, scenes. Maybe the. They, all right, let's talk about the ending. They put him in a suitcase. Artie Johnson's flying out to Egypt. So right. he takes Munchie with him for some reason, because he's going to help Ooh. him with his research. Yeah. And then you find out that they hijacked the plane. The, yeah, that the pilots never got on the plane. And I might flying. add
0: that um, earlier um, they were—he uh, was flying the car that uh-huh. they were in—and they made a, a very um, obvious homage. Uh, they weren't ripping it off; they were making an homage to E.T. when they showed it going across the moon. Uh huh. But when they were in the car that was flying, he said, "Oh, I have to to uh, to bring to to go back to Earth now because it takes." I can't fly too long because it uses up my powers. Munchie said this. Yeah. And then in the last scene, he's flying a plane to Egypt. It, so it, it, he got. Or he's actually flying. Was yeah.
1: it him or Artie Johnson who was wearing the pilot outfit? Because they they happened to get obviously a pilot outfit and change really quickly. I
2: think he was he was dressing for the scenes, uh, Munchie. Yeah. Except he was wearing camouflage when he was sabotaging mm-hmm. the romantic dinner yeah. that Lonnie Anderson mm-hmm. was having with the future uh, stepfather.
0: When you watch a ventriloquist to say I didn't see his lip move is a compliment but when you're just watching the puppet and then say I didn't see his lip move <laughs> that's not a compliment and that's in this movie too his his mouth does not never matches what he's saying do you they, think they, in, in
1: 1992 though people cared or like that they they they're like this took me out I mean back then it was probably like that was like acceptable I, mean, I don't
2: know were we not involved back then I don't I'm trying we to like, remember like,
0: well we had you know the special know, effects on, uh, back then were not
1: amazing.
0: On uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch we had a cat puppet that wasn't the greatest puppet of all time. No, and that was network
1: TV. Did people, yeah, care? people
0: didn't seem to care really. And I and I kind of uh, enjoy uh, like I enjoy a cheap kind of thing like that, but it's like in Munchie they should have like at least tried to make the voice, ma- you know, the lips match oh, the voice.
2: Come on, yeah. change they the At least voice. could have
0: taken some time to figure that, and, I, and you know, it seems to me like the kind of thing you could have maybe figured out, you could have maybe figured out how to move the, the, the lips yeah. more without spending a lot of money or anything. Just taking the, you know, an
1: afternoon <laughs> to address this issue. Would you have thought maybe even a better technique would have been clutch cargo?
0: It would have been better than what they had, certainly. Superposing lips
2: on there, yeah. yes, <laughs> anything because it was, took, it really took me out of it. Yeah. I mean, I was buying Munchie uh-huh. right up until then. No, but it, is, it takes you out, and you think. Yeah. Oh, there were a lot of insert shots. Mm. Like, they shot a lot of Munchie later on, obviously, so they could have gone out. And
0: I picture because uh, this is uh, 1992 is about um, five, four or five years before Toy Story came out, before uh, Pixar. But Pixar, they were in their studio then, like, figuring... Figuring stuff out. <laughs> I wonder if there was a day, hey, we should go see this movie, Munchie. <laughs> oh. See what they're doing with the pup because, uh, you and know. You, four people quit the business. Because that's <laughs> another thing, because you say didn't people accept this at that time, but at that time, people who really cared were trying to figure that stuff out. Mm. You know, We're trying to figure out how to make how to do it. fantasy things like that really work on, str- uh, on screen and, and, and ended up, in the case of Pixar. Being pretty magnificently achieving that.
1: I have know. no problem with a puppet at the lips. Like Alf, for example, when I was a kid, I'd, I always remember Alf's lips match, matching up with the puppet. Yeah. And, and that was a real puppet. It doesn't,
0: see, and Alf is not. You know, is a kind of a not an elaborate puppet, but for what it was, they they figured they made him believable.
2: Yeah, it was believable in that in Aboluted that context. Every
0: week.
1: Yeah, I believed he wanted to eat cats. Every well, that week. was my
2: thing. Was uh, all right. So Alf was a felt puppet; it was easier to move hmm. or something. And then this other thing that they used for Munchie was uh, like. It was almost like an idol, like from the Brady Bunch, like some kind of Hawaiian idol. They made the mouth go up and down. It was such a bad choice just to begin with. That's why I couldn't believe they made it. And then the sequel, I would just say, no, because we have to use this fucking puppet again. (laughs) Anything not to use this puppet. Uh, great, well, that's, thank you very much. Mark, anything to promote besides no,
1: you? I No, thanks for having me here. This was fun.
2: That's great. Thank you so much, Jeez. Mark and Frank. What um, about you? I'll see you at work uh, tomorrow. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for having me, and uh, be sure to watch uh, Totally Biased with W. Kamau Val, and also Cinematic Titanic, which is the live mystery science theater show, is going to be in Milwaukee in a couple weeks, and go to CinematicTitanic.com and... and See all our dates we have coming up in the fall. And also my podcast, Pothouse 90, is available at And Anything else, Frank? Uh, um, also, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm selling uh, a car. I'm you're. starring in uh, Munchie Three. <laughs> what? This time, its lips are moving. <laughs> no, I don't
2: know. You're doing the voice for Munchie Three. Yes, 3?
0: That, I, I would I'm do I'm that. I'm not, but if you, hey, if the if Roger Corman, if you're out there, I'm available. You're
2: Frank's available for that Munchie. <laughs> You'll take the afternoon. <laughs> for all, all. rates, yeah. <laughs> very affordable. This is proudlyresents. Resents, proudlyresents.com. We're on every other week, but if you're new to the show, you can go back. And here hear other episodes, there's about like 50 to 100. Hanging around, you can find interviews you like with people or reviews Frank was on doing, the Valley of the Dolls and Birdemic. So those are two great episodes. Episodes with Nico are always funny. Danny, thank you for doing the audio. And he has a show called That's the Show with Danny. And that's on the iTunes. You can find it there. And we're at Proudersense.
1: Adam, that, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview. Hey,
2: it's what? Adam Spiegelman, very excited. Okay, well, Go to our Facebook page, uh, the community of people who like obscure, weird films and fun films, and, and you can post your favorite films and what's going on there. Go to Facebook, type in proudly resents, And if you like any episode, please put it on your Facebook, your Tumblr, your whatever, your Twitter. Let people know. I appreciate everyone who's done that. That's
0: actually made a huge difference. Later.